Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're watching this edition of Hypnosis Week Live. It's me again, Alex Williams-Smith, better known to many of you as Jonathan Royal, hypnotist of MagicalGuru.com. Uh, in a moment, you're going to see uh, roughly an hour of footage. This is me doing a live event for people at the opening of Future House Therapy Centre in Chesterfield, um, well, well over a year ago now, um, and it's what I would generally do when I'm doing a public talk to prove that hypnosis is real to get people interested in booking my services. So I'm sure that you can learn stuff from this. If you'd love to be interviewed on this show, then go to hypnosisweek.com, follow the information, contact me, and let's get you interviewed. Bye for now. <laughs> yes, Facebook world. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yes. I'm not expecting you at home to go good afternoon uh, back, but uh, yeah, to Facebook world and to everyone here, good afternoon and welcome to what's going to be for most of you, I'm sure, truly interesting, informative and entertaining half hour or so. Now, the reason I say most of you is because obviously some of you here will be hypnotised, or at least I hope you will be, because otherwise it really defeats the object of the next half hour, given that the title <laughs> of this is Proving Hypnosis Works. Kind of... Uh, semi-essential. So what is hypnosis? By the way, my name's Jonathan Royal, if you don't know that already. Um, you can always go to htglive.com or magicalguru.com, latent plugs out of the way. So what is hypnosis? In truth, there is no answer to that, but I'm going to give you a few. You can choose whichever one feels best for you. One answer would be whatever you want it to be. Another answer would be whatever you think it is. It is. But then when you say that to people, they go, ah, but I think you can make people do things against their will and it's dangerous and it's scary. And, and you know what? If it's used by the wrong people with negative intent, then yes, it could be scary and it could be dangerous. But so can a hammer. It can put nails in a wall, it can pull them out, but somebody who's of a state of mind to cause harm, knitting on the head with it, you're dead. So hypnosis itself, in truth, is completely, utterly safe as long as you choose somebody who knows what they're doing. Just in the same way as you take due care and diligence to ask a friend who would you recommend to take the car to, to be repaired so you don't go to somewhere that rips you off for hundreds of pounds for a spark plug and you end up featuring on BBC's Watchdog. And if you're not in England go on YouTube and find out what Watchdog is. But the point is, a certain amount of common sense comes in, because at the end of the day, all hypnosis is, is talking to people. As I will demonstrate, it is not scary at all. It's a combination of physical suggestion and verbal suggestion. So verbal could be, for example, I'm going to say the word silk, S-I-L-K. Now I'm going to put my hand out like that. And when I put my hand out like that, even if you're at home, I want you to shout out, even if you're in your living room, don't worry, shout out the word silk nice and loud. And every time I do that with my hand, you're going to shout out the word silk. Then I'm going to ask you a question. When I do, say the first thing that comes into your head. Okay? Does that make sense? Yeah? You can talk to me. I'm not scared. It's okay. Fantastic. Cool. So, we'll just have a quick trial run. It would be silk. That's the idea. So, every time I do silk, you got it. Every time I do that, you say silk, even if you're home. So, here we go. Now. Silk. 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 Water. Cows drink? Water. Milk. Water. Some of you got it right, you see, but a lot of you said milk. No, they give milk. 
They drink water, apparently. You've heard it before. In fairness to that gentleman over there, the people at home listening going, aha, somebody got it. That's because he'd heard it before. But the thing is, a lot of people said milk, and you may have done in your own living room, who knows. And that's just because your brain associates things. And because it sounded like the word silk, and in your brain somewhere, cows give milk, your brain made the quickest connection it could. And the quickest connection it could, and it's, that made sense, was that silk sounded like milk, so the correct answer is milk. But we know it isn't. Well, this is how we sometimes, this sometimes happens to us as human beings. We get messages in our unconscious mind back here, or some people call it the uh, subconscious mind. And in life, for example, somebody with a phobia might see a spider, and their brain sees that spider, and it goes into the filing cabinet of the brain and goes, spider, pulls out the image and gets whatever connection there is there in the mind. And that connection might be that when they were, say, eight years old, they went into the kitchen and the mum was cleaning and a spider fell off the curtain and the mum went, ah, and was scared. And that could have gone into their subconscious memory bank and so when they see a spider, it goes, Spider image, mum, spider dropped, mama screamed, mama was scared, ran away from the spider, so I have to do the same. And they develop what we call a phobia. Now, in truth, if they'd known, their mum might not even be scared of spiders, but anyone unexpectedly having something drop on them can react in like, what the heck's going on? It's a moment of shock. It's not that they've got a phobia, it's just that they've got a shock reaction. But the young mind doesn't understand that, doesn't know that, so files it as mama sees spider and is scared. And I, as I've been growing up, have learned from my mum, who I trust and love, how to react. So into their memory banks goes avoid spiders. And that's not always how all phobias develop, but it's how a lot of phobias develop is a piece of information with an emotional attachment. So somebody you love and trusted, reacted in a certain way in this example, um, goes into the memory banks, and that's then the file that gets pulled out. And over time, the person gets really good at reacting in that way, because the more they see spiders, the more they react that way, and it amplifies it. Now, when you know that, it should be as simple as going, well, now you know that, you don't have to be scared of spiders, but unfortunately, it isn't that simple. But if it was, then nobody would have a phobia. Because most people, generally, that I've encountered, actually do know, as they've grown up, where it probably started. The majority, not everyone, but the majority do. So if it was that simple, the moment they realised it, the phobia would be gone. And there are actually whole schools of thought, conventional psychotherapy, where people go for an hour a week, week after week after week, for months after months, for years, to cure their phobia. And sometimes they get a result, sometimes they don't. Whereas with hypnosis, which I like to think of also as like a key, a key that allows you to open that filing cabinet where those memories are stored. You can go in, if you choose to, unlock that filing cabinet, take out the photograph, the memory that's there of mama screaming at the spider, rip it up and replace it with one that's, spiders are fine as long as we're not in the Australian outback where it's one that could potentially kill you. 
because it's never it's never a good thing to not be scared of anything because fear itself on the one hand can be false evidence against reality but on the other hand it's logical and rational you shouldn't be that fearless that you end up going up to a spider and picking it up that's one that's going to bite you and but there is a there's, there's an in-between ground so there's the psychological thing it's our filing cabinet of the mind uh, and then there's the physical we get physical suggestions in life the way people react to things physically so you'll have all had it i'm sure in the room and at home as well no doubt where you've gone into a bar or a restaurant or the works christmas party or into the office even and you walk in you don't know what's been talked about before you walked in but the moment you walk in that room you can just like feel the tension it's like you can you could cut it with a knife and you just have a sense that someone's had a row or something's happened or you walk into a bar and someone you've never met before you look at them and you just instantly know you, you just know there's something about them that you don't like it can work the other way that you instantly know you're attracted that's how attraction works these are the non-verbal signals that people give up for non-verbal stuff is also very powerful suggestion for example everyone at home and in the room as well place out your right arms and your right one's this one so i'm not confusing your face in the right <coughs> okay make a fist please don't hit me don't you can do that ourselves. uh then make a gun don't shoot me bang 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 it's all right you're late did you bring the note yeah. Yeah. Right, take a seat. Everyone's pointing a gun at us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll explain that afterwards. Yeah, it's not because you're right. Uh, but you can do the same. <laughs> take your right arm. Okay. Out. Make a fist. Then make a gun. So you can do the shooty thing. Brilliant. Then make a ring like this. And then on the count of three, do what I say, okay? Do what I say, not what I do. Do what I say. On the count of three. One, two, three. Just touch it to your chin. Go on, just do it. No, your chin's down here, you silly fools. I said, do what I say, not what I do. You see, about half an hour there, a few of you actually did go to your chin. Well done to those who did, unless you've seen it before. To those that actually went to your cheek, you see how easily it is to be sucked in. Sucked in. <laughs> or to be distracted, or to pay more attention to what you see, because it's a physical action, than what was actually being said. I made it quite clear, do what I say, not what I do. But still, quite a lot of you went... And this is the same thing again in everyday life. We can have situations where someone's telling us, yes, they agree with us, um, for example, but you just know sometimes that their body language, so they can be saying to you, yeah, yeah, and that's all well and good, but then they can be saying to you, yeah, I agree with you entirely, and they're, sat and they're doing this. My life is over. <laughs> well, yeah. says more about you, Tom. Indeed. <laughs> you know, and it can be the other way. They can be saying no to you. You know, you, you could be in a business deal, and these are things to look out for. You can be in a business deal, and you're trying to negotiate something, and um, the person saying to you, No, I'm not interested, because they're trying to beat the price down. But we're sat there going, No, I'm not interested. And generally speaking, the physical action, because it's coming from the unconscious mind, is more close to the truth than what's said verbally. So we put together verbal suggestion with physical stuff, okay, as playful as I'm trying to make this, but you put those two together and suddenly you've got a very powerful force. If both of them are going in the same direction. It's like if you go for a job interview, people can 
sabotage themselves because they hypnotize themselves arguably and they'll go oh i hope that this job interview goes well and as the day comes closer i hope it goes well i hope it goes well and by saying they hope it goes well to themselves they're giving themselves a massive suggestion that there's a possibility it won't and when you give your mind the possibility of something it will latch on to that and make things bigger it's like I, well we're all sat in this room so you're all alive so this tells us this much whatever your biggest stresses worries upsets or traumas have ever been in life you're still here today right now but i'm sure all of you have had a time in your life where in that moment at that time you've been like oh so i don't know what i'm going to do i don't know how i'm ever going to go on whether it's a relationship breakup losing it doesn't matter what it was but show of hands can everyone relate on some level yeah for those people at home everyone's hands went up and i'm sure at home you've got to admit if you're a human being of any age there's something happened in your life at the time in that moment you end up going what if this happened what if that happened what if that and by saying what if this happened you're saying to your unconscious mind that it could happen and when you say it could happen you're giving yourself a massive negative suggestion and the unconscious sadly generally speaking doesn't take direct commands it takes possibilities because it wants to be in control and if you give it a possibility that could be negative it will grow that into something worse than it's ever likely to be if you give it a possibility that something good could happen and throw it out there then it will take that and let it grow and it can grow to something far greater than you ever expected hence moments in life where you go wow i didn't expect that to, i can't believe how you know how lucky i am no there's no such thing as luck. you generate if you give out negative all the time i'm not saying it's karma um but you know if you give out negative all the time the chances are you'll see more negative things happening in life if you give out positive stuff the chances are you'll see more positive things example who here drives show of hands okay who here's got a car who has ever had that experience of looking deciding what car they're going to buy and you go oh, get one of these not seen many of them on the road and then you buy one and you're driving it home and you see one and then you see another one and then everyone seems to be driving the car that you've just bought yeah makes sense and that's because of a part of the brain called the ras ras reticular activating system <coughs> um which basically in a thing called nlp neurolinguistic programming there's a saying that what you focus on you get more of and the basic concept is that if you you get so much information in everyday life there's so much going on even now that you're aware of you don't you're not you, you some of you are aware that that clock's ticking and going tick 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 other people might be aware of noises outside it's different for everyone although we're in the same room in the same environment everyone perceives different things differently that's why if there's a car accident 10 people witnessed it from the same angle they give different statements but when you buy a car suddenly you become more aware of that car that wasn't there before it's because your brain now is attached an importance to it and that's the key word an importance so we have verbal suggestions physical suggestions and then this element of adding an importance to them so if we take something physical and verbal put those two together 
and add a level of importance and value to it, then suddenly it will have an effect. Whether that's a good effect or a bad effect, down to intention and the context. But we're here today only to talk about good uses of this and getting good outcomes. And I know that people at home, uh, especially probably a mixture of people who want to learn about how to program the mind for success, and also people who want to learn how to do this to help the clients. So, rather than me talking too much more, because I've given you a background, I'm, I'm about to demonstrate a combination of verbal suggestion with physical suggestion, adding a layer of importance, those three things together is exactly what we're going to do. But to do this, I do need a physical volunteer. And you know, ironically, by putting your hand over your face, <laughs> by that movement of going, no, please don't pick me, you basically volunteered yourself. <laughs> so everyone in the room, if you could give this lady over here a round of peer group pressure. <laughs> you can stand up and walk the fight <laughs> out the because she was staring at me for so long. I stared at everybody, I think you'll find. The interesting thing was that you put your hand over your face, which ironically, because the way you did it was playfully, you were actually telling me through your body language, yeah, it's okay. Pick me. Yeah, you were, essentially. <laughs> now, you may not want to admit that right now, but I that's promise okay. you, that's the body language I was looking at. Basically the, it's like when you go to a karaoke now. Bear with me a moment, we'll get back on track in a moment. You go to a karaoke night, and um, I've seen it happen numerous. In fact, I've been this person, I have to admit. Sorry, I've been this person in the past who goes in to the pub and goes, I know for a while I can't sing, but I'll go and get a slip, look through the book while I'm having a drink at the bar. I'll write down a tune, I'll go and hand it in. How long is it going to be, roughly? Ten minutes or so. So I'm tapped. Oh, I've got time for a drink. This is good. Look out it comes. Can we have Jonathan Royal to the stage, please? And I'll just carry on drinking. Like I've gone deaf. So you carry your walk again, we'll go. Jonathan Royal to the stage, please. And I'll ignore him again. Now at this point, your karaoke walks understandably naffed off. Goes with the territory. And um, eventually you'll probably get somebody to come and prod the person in this example me. Go, what? He's been calling you. Well, oh, sorry, I can't hear. Looking <laughs> at whatever bullshit excuse. What, what, what me? And I'll turn to the karaoke bloke. You'll see it. Go to any karaoke night, and you'll see this happen. And you turn, and, and the bloke will go, "What me?" And the karaoke bloke will go, "Yes," because what he's thinking is, you know, for well, you just bought a slipping. But this person at the bar, and I've done it, is going like, "What, what, what me?" To try and make out like he didn't want the slipping. Trying to make out to everyone else in the room like someone set them up. So it removes any kind of blame from them or any shame or any responsibility for the fact that they know deep down they can't sing. Huh? And then they'll go up and they'll do the bit and suddenly they become all animated like they're some kind of, you know, their own X factor. Uh, I was going to say, but worse, but probably on a par with most of the contestants. Um, American Idol, if you're not in England. And they'll do the bit and they go back and it's like afterwards and people will be, oh, did you not know you were singing? And they will blatantly lie. They'll go, no, I think somebody put it in without me knowing. Go to any karaoke night, you will see this happen. Why? Because it's human psychology. People do want to be the centre of attention. 
people do want to feel as though they're being watched by an audience or that they're, you know, the star for five minutes or whatever, but they don't want to admit the fact because then we're brought up in a world, especially in England, but lots of other places in the world, where the idea of putting yourself forward is deemed as being negative. It means you're arrogant or you're egotistical or you're full of yourself. But really, it should be just a case of, no, actually, you've got the self-confidence, which is a positive thing, to have a laugh and be part of it and do, do the best you can. Now, in NLP, they call that reframing. It's the exact same thing, but it's just a different way of looking at it. Unfortunately, as a society, we get bashed down too much because everyone else is in this same nightmare that we all are, the nightmare of life, being alive. And as human beings, all of us deep down, and I will come to you in a moment. By the way, what's your name? Oh. Well remembered. Fantastic. Now, nice to meet you. I'm Jonathan. Um, yeah, I'm sure this applies to Bo as well as me, as well as everyone else. The fact is, as human beings, we have some basic human needs that include the fact that, whether you want to admit it or not, we all want to feel loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished, and valued. And they sound like they all mean the same thing, but if you go and check in a dictionary, the words loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished, and valued, they actually all mean very different things. But collectively, if you get all seven of them in your life, then you would feel loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished, and valued, and you'd have great self-confidence, you'd have great self-esteem, you'd feel good about yourself inwardly, how you feel about yourself, you'd also have great self-image, because you feel good about the way other people perceive you, but that's sadly not the world we live in. Too many people are caught up in knocking other people down uh, and making them feel bad to try and make themselves feel better, rather than trying to sort themselves out so that then they can feel better, be more confident and put themselves forward. So that is relevant to everything we're doing and we're talking about, but it's also uh, another way of saying thank you, Val, for coming up, because to actually come to the front does take a load of balls. It does. So thank you for that. Val, is that yeah. it? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't escape that easily. I'm just moving this in slightly so I can see where the camera is. Val, so we've never met before, have we? No. Fantastic. How do you know it's me then? Because you told me. Have I? I could be lying. I'm not. It is me. If I was to ask you, and I don't want to know any personal details, right. this is what we call content free, so I, I don't need to know anything whatsoever. I don't want to know either, because it's personal and private to you. But if I was to ask you, Val, if, if there was something in your life that, for the purposes of this exercise, you could recall and think about briefly, is there something you could recall and think about that, as you did that, even now, today, would be something that, I don't want you to suddenly go into floods of tears or anything like that, but you know, it's something that if you, if you reflect on that memory, it, it, it brings back feelings of either regret or why, why do I have to feel about that even though it was so long ago or it's got a pain, a <coughs> painful memory attached to it. Yeah, why you can feel the pain yeah, from the event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, I don't want to know what that is, but if you just close your eyes for a few moments, Val, please. Thank you. And just take a few moments to get a sense and a feeling of that as it once was in the past when it used to bother you really badly. And I say used to because 
the idea is in a few months we're going to make it so that it never has to bother you, worry or concern you in that way as it once did. If you just get a sense of a feeling as it was once in the past, and then open your eyes and look at the Evo. And if we had a scale of zero to ten, and zero down here was nothing, and up there was ten, the worst it ever was in the past, almost like ripping your hair out really, really bad, the worst it ever could have been. Thinking about that memory now, whereabouts upon that scale would, number would you give it? Where it was and where it is now. Where it is now. About a six. So it's, it's above our five. Would it be okay with you for us to take that down lower? Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what I'd like you to do, and this is going to seem a bit daft, so I'll do it with you, Val. Mm -hmm. um, because I know it's going to seem even weirder, because normally there wouldn't be an audience. So take your right hand, and the first two fingers of your right hand, and what you're going to do with me in a moment, is, but you're going to do it on yourself, not on me. You're going to tap on the area some people call the psychic third eye. So that's the bit above your nose, between your brow, between your eyebrows, roughly around here. Yeah? You're going to tap three times. One, two, three. And then you're going to tap just below your belly button. In my case, where the belt is. One, two, three. Then you're going to tap your right shoulder area. One, two, three. And then your left shoulder area. One, two, three. And we're going to do that three times round. Okay. When we've done it three times, and I'm going to start humming, oh, then we're going to tap our top lip, and we're going to hum happy birthday. Basically, follow me, and it all makes sense, surely. So we're going to start at the top. One, two, three taps, then the base chakra, which is near the belly button, one, two, three, right shoulder, one, two, three, left shoulder, one, two, three, top lip, one, two, three, then hum happy birthday. And again, third eye, one, two, three, base chakra, one, two, three, right shoulder, one, two, three, left shoulder, one, two, three, top leg, one, two, three. And one more time, third eye, one, two, three, base chakra, one, two, three, right shoulder, one, two, three, left shoulder, one, two, three, top leg, one, two, three. That's brilliant. Let that laughter occur and just close your eyes down. And take a few moments to take a nice deep breath in through your nose and then out through your mouth and just try and get a sense of a feeling like it was in the past. But notice as you try to get a sense of a feeling as it was in the past, that it's just completely different now. It doesn't bother you, worry, or concern you in the same way that it did. It just feels different. Take a few moments to notice that, feel that. And when you realise that, just open your eyes. And then look at me now, but the interesting thing is, if there was a scale of zero down here, nothing, ten up there, the worst ever it was in the past, the numbers go down to zero, nothing gone completely. Um, we were at a six before, weren't we? And that sense of a feeling then, as you tried to access it, where would you say the number three. was now? A three. So already half as quickly as that. Yeah. Now, we haven't set anything up, have we, honestly? No, Especially for the people at home. People in here can speak to you afterwards and confirm that, but people at home, I promise on my daughter's life, me and Val have not set anything up, as quickly as that, we can go to a three. Yeah. Now, it's up to you. Would you feel it's fine to leave at a three? Is it appropriate? Or would you like it to go even lower? It's entirely up to you. Sometimes in life, it can be a level where it's appropriate mm -hmm. to leave it, because you know what? It won't bother you that much now anyway. Um, it would be nice for it to, to go lower. A little bit lower? Yeah. Okay. In which case, what I'd like you to do that. Is it okay if I lift up your right arm? Mm. Okay. What I'm going to do is this, is ask you to close your eyes down then, take a nice deep breath in through your nose, and then out through your mouth. 
In a few moments' time, I'm going to lift up your right arm. When I do it, it will not bother you, worry you, or concern you. It will just serve as a sign and a signal for whatever I say to instantly be allowed into your unconscious mind, to allow these changes to remain positive and permanent into the future, happening right now, this moment. And your eyes will remain tightly closed at all times, unless I say otherwise. So I'm just going to lift up your right arm like that. That's fantastic. And let's place your right arm out in front of you like that. What I'd like you to do is make a fist. And as you make that fist out, that's fantastic. Using your powers of intelligence, imagination, and concentration so effectively. I'm going to tap you on the head as well. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, fantastic. So those feelings that you know about consciously, and we've been speaking about them, but also those all thoughts, feelings, emotions, anything of a negative nature connected to that memory, that experience, that emotion, anything negative at all that's in the unconscious mind, your filing cabinet, of your personal laptop computer. You can just allow it to download now. So it goes down your head, down your neck to your shoulder, from your shoulder to your elbow, from your elbow to your wrist, into your fist. And as it does, you make that fist even tighter. So you can allow all that negativity to drain from your head, down your neck, to your shoulder, to your elbow, to your wrist, into your fist, and really make that fist stiff, tight, because you allow all that negativity to go into your arm, it becomes stiff and rigid, like a stiff iron bar, stiffer and stiffer, as you allow more and more, all the negative to go to your shoulder, to your elbow, to your wrist, into your fist, stuck fast, tight, stiffer and, oh, that's brilliant, stiffer and stiffer, yeah, getting stiffer, and, yeah, Stiffer and stiff. That's brilliant. In a few moments' time, Val, all that negativity you're allowing to flood out down your neck, to your shoulder, to your elbow, to your wrist, into your fist. You're going to realize in a few moments' time that when I tap you on the back of your right hand, the very moment, the very second, the very instant I do, all of that negativity, all of the stuff that you want to leave behind positively and permanently right now, is going to leave your mind and leave your body in a way that's calm, safe, and secure and right for you. And the very moment I do tap the back of your right hand, instantly all that tension is going to disappear and your right arm will just drop down into your lap like a loose limp rag doll. Not yet, if you understand. Last deep breath in and out on the count of three. One, two, three, and now, way, going, going, and ooh, a little bit more there. Take a nice deep breath in. You tell me when you're ready to let it go. Is now the time? Go! That's better. Drifting down, sinking down. Drift. Yeah, that's much better. It's getting loosey, loosey, limpy, limpy. X. That's much, 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 much better. One more nice deep breath in. And then out. Now just open your eyes. Look at me, Val. I probably felt a bit weird, Val. You look a little bit spaced out. That's fine. That's perfectly normal. That'll feel a little bit odd. Nice. Nice. But nicely off. That's yeah, good. Because yeah. you know the weird thing is that we're going to look at that scale again in a moment. But just close your eyes. Just try and access that memory like we did in the past. Now, it was at a six a short while ago. Then we got it down to a three. And you said you wanted to make it that bit lower. Well, now as you tried to just access that the way you did in the past, you notice how strange it is that it's so much different in the way that feels right for you right here, right now. When you've taken a few moments to do that and prove to yourself that you've used your powers of mind so effectively just open your eyes. Look at me. Remember, if 10 was the worst it ever was, 6 is where it was, then we went to a 3. Zero down there is nothing. Whereabouts would you say it was now? It's gone. Well, gone completely. And you know the interesting thing is, I don't need to say anything else. You don't need to say anything else. I don't even need to know what it was. You don't need to dwell on it anymore. 
And the only thing is you will out of curiosity later tonight try and think about it again and see if the reactions change. But the weird thing is it will just be even more positive. Mm -hmm. And it'll carry on like that to a point where you probably even end up laughing about it. Because once you've reprogrammed <laughs> that bit in the unconscious mind, yeah. unless you purposely go in and take out the filing picture, rip it up and put a new one in, mm -hmm. which effectively is what we've done metaphorically, then it can't go back to the way it was. Which right. means, well, it means you've got rid of it. Yeah. And when I think about it, I won't feel the same. No, I mean, just yeah. try one more time. No, it's how much better it feels than it did when you came up here. Nice it's, it's gone. Yeah, mm -hmm. fantastic value. You should power the mind effectively. Thank you. Give a round of applause to the audience. Thank you. Now, we have limited time today, unfortunately, so I don't have time to fully explain everything I just did. And the reason for that is because, yes, there was, I, I did explain in advance what I just did. There's an element of verbal suggestion, physical suggestion, putting them together and adding a level of value and attachment to it and then playing with people's beliefs and, and stuff positively. And we didn't set anything up in advance, and the people at home are just gonna have to believe that, but the people here know that. You can change something that's been there for life as quickly as that, sometimes even quicker than that, when you want to. And that's the key. Nobody can make you alter your life unless you want to actually alter something. So what did I do? I combined those things, Ultimately, metaphorically, we used imagery of the mind, and imagery is how our unconscious mind, our filing cabinet works. That's why when we go to bed at night, we dream in crazy, crazy abstract images sometimes. Now, some people say they don't remember the dreams. That's fine. The point is, well, we all do dream. And they're crazy because he's trying to make sense of all that information that's coming in during the course of the day. There's so much coming in from all directions, and we can only filter so much of it consciously that the other stuff goes into the unconscious mind without being checked, without being seen if it's good for us or bad for us. And that's why we get stressed and anxious and depressed because so much negative comes in from newspapers, magazines, television news programs, the boss moaning at work or whatever it may be. But in truth, if you take a more, it's, yes, you can go and see a hypnotist, and I do advise that, Okay, I want you to come to me. Um, but go to any hypnotist, whether it's my <coughs> but, but anyone at Future House Therapy Centre, because that's who we're plugging today. Um, or come on a course, htglive.com. We've got them in March and April so far, teaching you how to do this with your clients and for yourself. But in truth, it can be as simple as deciding, making a conscious decision for yourself to cut down the level of crap that's going into your mind. If there's less rubbish going in, there's less stuff can get to your unconscious mind, so there's less stuff likely to be able to cause you to be stressed, mm. anxious, or depressed. So this sounds all too simplistic almost. It sounds, well, if it was that simple, why is everyone not doing it? The reason not everyone's doing it is because society as a whole is conditioning us to believe that this is impossible. But the impossible is only impossible, you know, what's the, there's no saying, stop, telling me things can't be done while I'm too busy doing them. You know, Roger Bannister um, was the first person to run the three-minute mile. What's the four-minute mile? Hey, I'm giving you more credit than you should. <laughs> still, four-minute mile, the analogy is still the same. <coughs> but the moment he'd done it and other people believed it was possible, within days, loads of other people did it. 
So then it became socially acceptable that it was possible, so more people did it. So sometimes it's about, don't listen, your friends and your family, might, you might think have got your best interest at heart. And they might think they've got your best interest at heart, because they genuinely love you. But they're conditioned by society as well. So when they're saying to you, it can't be that simple, or you can't do that, well, just accept the fact that, you know what, they could be sincere, they genuinely believe that, but that doesn't mean that that's reality, because there are people out there going, doing what the vast popular say is impossible. Example, can I borrow you, sir? Is that okay? Yeah. 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 Stand up so much, you know? So, round of applause for Tom. Thank you, Tom. For example, if you face the front, smile, you're in show business now. Place your right arm out in front of you like that, if you would please, Tom, make a fist. Put your thumb up in the air, look directly at your thumb. What's going to happen here is, on the count of three, keep put your feet together if you want, that's fantastic. Don't worry, you won't fall, I'm here to catch it. Okay. And uh, on the count of three, when I say now, and click my fingers, you're going to move your thumb in a clockwise direction and follow it with your eyes and your head, rotating at the waist, keeping your feet together. And you're going to go as far as you can until it becomes uncomfortable. Notice yeah. to say uncomfortable, not painful. Because this is not about proving what a big hard man you are. I don't want you to cause physical injury to yourself. This is a self-help, positive exercise, not about injury, okay? So, literally just go to the point where it starts to feel uncomfortable and you go, it'd be wise to stop now. But keeping the feet together, rotating at the waist. Three, two, one, moving your thumb, following your eyes, going as far as you can in that direction, clockwise, stopping when it feels uncomfortable. Okay, about there. Look past it, remember what you see. Okay, follow your thumb back with your eyes, and please tell us all roughly what you recall seeing in the background. Uh, it was a um, one of those uh, freestanding sign things. Freestanding sign, yeah. flip chart is yeah. sign outside. Yeah. Fantastic. So if you saw that again, you'd recognise it. Yeah. You'd know that currently, we could say, metaphorically speaking, at the moment, that was your <laughs> landmark, your yeah. anchor, the point where you stopped. Yeah. Okay. Just close your eyes down a moment, Tom. Take a nice deep breath in, and then out. In, and then out. And just imagine in your mind's eye doing that again. Just imagine, it's almost as if you're moving your thumb, following with your eyes and your head like you did before. And you see the people in the audience, then you see the wall, then you see the window, then you see that sign, that moment where you stop, that point that was stopping you in life, there where it became uncomfortable. Well, just imagine in your mind's eye now that you can go so much further. And see yourself in your mind's eye going beyond that point, nothing holding you back, being able to move forward positively and permanently right now in a way that in the past would have seemed impossible. But now in your mind's eye seems so ridiculously easy because your mind controls your body. Whatever you truly decide upon, your dreams, goals, ambitions, desires can come true. So when in your mind's eye you've seen yourself go further than you did before, just let me know. Yeah. Now open your eyes, Tom. Look at your thumb. On the count of three, you're going to keep your feet together just like you did before. You're going to rotate to the waist just like you did before. You're going to follow your thumb with your eyes just like you did before. Three, two, one. Follow your thumb with your eyes. Just notice how much further you can go, how much easier that becomes. <laughs> Give Tom a huge round of applause. Thank you, Tom. And the weird thing is, I promise you right now, that whatever it is you've been thinking about in the past couple of weeks, 
because you've been thinking in the past couple of weeks about uh, starting a new project or something, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's told me this. I just this, by the way, isn't hypnosis. This is what we call being psychic. No, it's called cold reading. I teach it on the courses. Uh, but you have been, haven't you? And you've been wondering, can I, can't I do it? Well, you know what? If you close your eyes right now and think about it, you'll notice how much more positive you feel about it right now than you did before, don't you? You know that that's definitely going to happen now, don't you? You do? Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Well done. That's how quickly you can change somebody's life. Because for you, that is just going to be massively more successful than you ever dreamed possible. Uh, even though there are people around you that are going, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's one or two people you mentioned it to, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. some have been positive, but there's been the odd one that's been like naysayers. You know what? You're not going to give a shit now, are you? You're just going to plow on and do it. Fantastic. That is how, no worries, Tom. You did it. I All I do, all any hypnotist does, is act as a director like a film director. The actors of your film are you yourself and the little voice inside your head. And we as hypnotists are the director that comes in and helps you change the script that you say to yourself inside your head. So if at home or in this room, you have a feeling down and you get that little voice in your head that says, you can't do that, we all have it. Or sometimes there's a voice, oh, you're being stupid or whatever the little voice says. You know a simple thing you can do? Just imagine that voice changing. So if it's normally a deep voice, change it into a really squeaky daft one. If it's normally a squeaky daft one, change it into a deep, deep voice. Make it so it becomes ridiculous and laughable to you. So that you know what? You stop listening to it. So that you listen to one thing, your gut feeling, your instinct, you. And it's, it's interesting, people can't see this at home, but I'm sure you confirmed it. Even as I'm just saying that now, there's a realisation coming upon you, where I can see in your physiology, in your face, as anyone can who's at the front row, you already look more vibrant and confident than before. And that's brilliant, so thank you for sharing that thank with us, because you. you've kind of gone worldwide, or you will have done, so really thank you for sharing <laughs> But you know what? Brilliant! It's the day where those goals, dreams, ambitions and desires really start to happen right now. So, because I've got a clock behind me, not in front of me, I've only got about 10 minutes left. So yeah, everything you've seen so far ultimately does come down to taking a verbal suggestion and a physical suggestion. Putting them together, adding a layer of value, a belief, a, 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 an attachment that's relevant with an emotional connection. Um, I didn't know about your project in advance. I'm just psychic. But, you know, the truth is everyone's got something inside them. So, but I could see that you look more motivated afterwards. So I thought, you know what, I'll just throw that in there. Trade secret, I thought, throw that in. And you know what, because it resonated with you and there was an emotional connection, that immediately made it more powerful. Mm. Because in that moment, you know you've just achieved something that appeared to be impossible. And because you take something that genuinely happened combined with a verbal suggestion that other things can happen, well, you know you can believe that because it, it happened. It's reality for you. In that moment, in that second, the critical faculty, analytical area of the mind, the bit that stops you normally as a human being getting to your unconscious, goes to sleep. It goes for a coffee break. And in that moment, any positive suggestions you give yourself, equally any negative ones. That's why if you get in a really traumatic car crash, for example, okay, and you get really traumatic, as you would do if you witnessed, you know, something awful, 
That emotion can also push the critical faculty out, but then any negatives that go on can go in and go into the filing cabinet. And then when the critical faculty goes back, they're in there. And it causes what now the labeling post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a fancy title. Let's break it down. Post means afterwards. Traumatic speaks for itself. Stress does. Disorder's negative, because disorder implies it can never be but right. So we'll get rid of the word disorder. We've got post-traumatic stress. Well, it happened after the event. We know that, so we don't need the post. It's traumatic, it's stress. Life's stressful. It's about how you choose to handle it. And if you believe the majority, the majority of people will tell you, oh, it could take years of psychotherapy to get over that. But I can tell you here and now that I know I've done it myself. I know there's people in this room that help people with PTSD, Martin, Susan, and probably a few others of you as well, Simon over there, and Stu has as well, perhaps possibly everybody in the room. Uh, and the no doubt is listening on. It can be as quick, if you can get into that unconscious filing cabinet and take out the images and rip them up, metaphorically, so they're gone, once they're gone, people cannot react to them the way they did previously. That's why however much you try, Val, you're not going to be able to feel the way you did in the past, negatively. Because there's a different image there now. In the same way as, it doesn't matter what shit people give you about, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that. You're just going to end up seeing that as a signpost. As like, well, actually, yes, I can. Because you've reprogrammed your mind differently. And, if, and it, um, there's all this rubbish talk about the brain being a computer. It isn't. Um, it's, it's so far beyond a computer, it's unbelievable. But as an analogy, a metaphor, if you think of this as your personal laptop computer, all of you at home, I hope, who've got, compu who've got computers, you get antivirus software, don't you? Mm. To stop crap coming in. <laughs> well, if you take the care and attention to do that on your couple of hundred, 500 quid laptop or your thousand pound MacBook or whatever you've got, surely something that's worth way more than that, i.e. you, you should be installing some kind of antivirus software so that you don't allow all the negatives from other people to drag you down. And that largely is about the little voice inside your head is the thing that listens to the bullshit that other people come out with. So change its voice so that when you hear it, you hear it in a squeaky daft tone or whatever, whatever it is that makes you laugh. So that it's a reminder to you, I know this seems ridiculous, but if you do that, I tell you, I promise you, that alone could change your life. Because then you'll stop listening to it and you'll consider things more. And rather than holding yourself back, you'll move forward as you already have just started to do right now and will continue to do. And you can leave things behind like you've already done that. And, and, and let's try one more. Let's try one more thing because time is of the essence. Let's try something including everybody at home, all of you there. Can all do this in the room as well. I would love it if you did before we finish. So what I'd like each and every one of you to do is put down your handbags, your purses, your drinks, and uh, if the gentleman could do the same, that would be a great start. That's what we call comedy in England. <laughs> That's better. It normally gets a laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just place your hands out in front of you like this. That's fantastic. Interlock the fingers of your left hand against the back of your right hand, the fingers of the right hand against the back of your left hand. Press your palms tightly together, thumbs down on top. Don't do this if you're driving. Well, if you're driving, you've got bigger issues. You shouldn't be watching this right now. 
uh, but seriously, from a health and safety point of view, don't do this if you've got the iron going and it could burn through something. If there's anything potentially dangerous in your home where you're watching this video, don't do this until you've turned off the iron or the cooker or whatever. Okay, health and safety cover. So, hands together, left against right, right against left, thumbs down on top, squeeze your hands tightly together because here's the thing, like I said, no hypnotist will ever hypnotize you because the fact is you do it to yourself. They just act as the film director and let's prove that to you because you're gonna prove this to yourself by using your powers of intelligence, imagination and concentration effectively. What's gonna happen is I want you to stare directly, put your hands like that and stare at your knuckles, okay? Keep staring at your knuckles, don't look at me, stare at your knuckles. I'm gonna count backwards from 10 down to one. On the count of one, if you concentrate as I'm sure you will, you'll find that on the count of one, your hands will be stuck fast tight. Locked, glued, welded, cemented, bolted together. And on the count of one, when I ask you to try and separate them, you'll find the more you try to separate them, the more they'll be stuck fast tight together. Just so long as you keep saying to yourself inside your mind, my hands are stuck together. Because that's it, you're in charge. Because on 10, tell yourself now, it's almost as if the palms of your hands are being stuck together with the world's strongest superglue. Locking, gluing, welding, cementing, bolting those hands together. There's on nine and eight with every breath you take, every noise you hear, every word I say, and every thought that you think, it's almost as if someone's taking a steel bolt and put that through the back of your hands, and then they're doing the nut up on that bolt, tighter and tighter and tighter. And if you allow yourself to use your powers of intelligence, imagination and concentration, as I'm sure you will, then for you, this will be very real indeed, as on the count of seven, six and five. Say to yourself inside your mind, my hands are locking, gluing, welding, cementing, bolting together. I will experience this reality right now. It's a way to prove to yourself that you can change your reality as quickly as that. As on four, three and two, Lock, glued, wildly cemented, the world's strongest super glue getting stronger and stronger. That metal bolt being tightened up and it's almost as if someone's now encasing your hands in a block of concrete, making it impossible to separate your hands, even if you wanted to, but you want to prove to yourself you can do this right. As on the count of one, using your powers of intelligence, imagination and concentration effectively, to prove to yourself you've done it right, say to yourself, my hands are locked, then open your eyes and amaze yourself as you try and separate your hands. Notice how ridiculously impossible it is. You should keep saying to yourself, my hands are locked. Say to yourself, they're locked. You should try the stigma. And the more you try, the more the stigma is the weird thing. When I clap my hands on the count of three, you can all separate your hands. One, two, three, now. Give yourselves a round of applause. And it gets the blood circulating back in your fingers. The point of that demonstration was, though, is this. What we tell ourselves as human beings consciously, if we repeat it enough, it can bypass the critical faculty. Suggestion, repeated, is more likely to go into the unconscious mind. So be very aware of what suggestions you're allowing to come in from news, from the media, from naysayers around you. And more importantly, what you say to yourself. It's fine to say to yourself once, now and again, you know what, I'm not sure if I can do that. Once, fine. But if you spend day, hours or days going to say, I don't know, shall I do it, can I do it now? You'll have repeated it so many times that the critical faculty will go, you know what, I'm fed up of hearing this, and it'll go on a coffee break. And then it will go direct into your filing cabinet where it becomes, you can't do this because you'll have said it to yourself enough. And that's how procrastination happens. That's how fears become amplified. That's how people lose confidence. But if you spend time telling yourself, and I'll finish on this, there's nothing new. 
There's all these fancy techniques come out with different names, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to the way we work as human beings. We all want to feel loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished and valued. And if we do enough, then it, we have that self-confidence and self-image and self-esteem that people can try and knock us down, but it doesn't affect us. Some people are lucky enough to have that. Other people feel a gap inside. Some people turn to religion to fill that gap. Some people turn to going to the gym. Some people start drinking too much to fill the gap. Others start smoking, others take drugs. It's about filling that gap. But if you can make yourself feel it, and feelings are not a basis of reality. <coughs> you can feel love, wanting, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished and valued, and be a loner and never have encounters with people in life. Plenty of them, there's Buddhists that live in mountains and they feel contentment with the world. It's about the messages you put inside your mind, inside your computer. And if you can make your hands lock together, and trust me, you wouldn't have separated, as long as you said to yourself, you're not going to be able to separate them, you wouldn't have separated them. This happens in everyday life. People go, oh, well, I've, I've tried to do it. The moment you say I've tried to do something, try. Emil Kuhn coined the law of reversed effort. What resist, persist. When you say to yourself you're trying something, you're giving yourself the suggestion it's possible it might not work. In the same way, and this is what I'll finish on, Emil Koo said, he came up with a phrase that's very famous, that day by day, in every way, I am getting better and better. And this is the epitome of perfect hypnotic suggestion. Because it leaves your own mind to make up and fill in the blanks. So you're getting better and better to what degree? Well, at a pace that feels right for you. But the point is, ultimately, it's better. So it's an improvement. And he found that if you say that to yourself just after you wake up in the morning, when you're not quite fully with it, but you, you know you know that point where you stumble to, well, Jen, you stumble to the liver and you have a way in life. Um, women, you probably do go to the leave first. I don't know your order. I'm not a woman, so but it'll be similar, I'm sure. In that moment when you're orientating yourself to the world, if you perhaps, while you're having your wee or cleaning your teeth, say to yourself, you don't even have to say it out loud. It's better if you do. As long as you say to yourself, day by day, in every way, I'm getting better and better, and you do it three times. And then at some point during the course of the day, maybe after lunch, you do it again. And then just before you close your eyes to go to sleep at night, you do it again. So you've done it three times, but three times during the day. So it's three by three. And studies were done on this in the Nancy School of Hypnosis years and years ago, and have been done since. And that alone has transformed people's lives. So if you get nothing else out of the past 45 minutes, please try, well, don't try, do! As Yoda said, do or do not, there is no trying. I can't do impressions. Um, yeah. Ah, ha ha! It's just a title. That make more sense if you go to htglive.com <laughs> or magicalguru.com and book on a course, then you'll find out what that's about. Well, no, seriously, if you say to yourself in the morning, midway during the day, just before you go to bed at night, day by day, in every way, I'm getting better and better three times, that alone can change things. If you limit yourself to the negativity you're taking in, that can change things. If you change the voice inside your head, whether it becomes deeper, louder, quieter, or you imagine pushing it away or whatever. Something that's right for you that makes you laugh about it internally so you don't pay as much attention to it, so you don't take it as seriously as we all have done during certain points of our lives. Then amazing things can change in your life. Miracles can occur.
with that in mind, I'm going to hand you back to Martin, who runs Future Health Therapy Centre in Chesterfield. That's where we are. The link will be below or above the video, depending on where you see in the shed. Uh, my name is Jonathan Ralph. Thank you very much for your kind attention. Good night. Thank you. Martin, leave it live for a bit. I'd like to thank Jonathan uh, Royal for coming and doing that speech. Uh, speech. Uh, also, the other guests we've had today, Summer. No, they've all gone, haven't they? I think some are doing some sessions elsewhere now. Uh, everyone that's been watching today, everyone that's sent their best wishes on Facebook, on LinkedIn, by email, um, and everyone that's come today and taken the time out. Thank you very much. And on that, I'm going to cut you off. Well